Welcome to Empowered Conversations. I'm your host, Susie Petrozzi. This podcast will take you on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery through conversations with special guests that will inspire you to live the life of your dreams. Get ready now for an Empowered Conversation. Hi, everyone. It's um, Susie and John Petrozzi. (laughs) It's the Petrozzi team today. Um, for our empowered conversation, and I, I wanted to, I wanted to speak to you. Well, I wanted to share a little bit about um, this topic because one, you know, I've been, I've been going through a few things lately, and I'm learning about it more. You know that I'm always. Um, this is something that I'm very passionate about, and I thought, who better to talk to about this than John? Um, because. Um, for those of you that don't know, John's a um, holistic chiropractor. He's been working now as a clinician for how long? 20, 20 years, I think. 20, 20 years, years yeah. yeah. A few years yeah. ahead of me. Just a <laughs> and, um, and, you know, if there's someone that I can trust with an understanding and knowing around what happens around the body, um, it's John. And, yes, <clears throat> certainly there's bias around that because he's my husband, but... Um, I'm always fascinated by how much you know about the body. Um, I know that you're really passionate about it. Yeah. And that it's your, it's your love. It's really a mm. love, what you do. And you're, you're driven to want to help people live. Well, not pain. It's not about pain-free because we, we're always experiencing symptoms. We're always going through something. But to help people just... Um, facilitate um, a release process in their body around whatever the symptom is so that they can be, that they can come to life more. Mm. I think that's what you were sharing with me last sure. night when we yeah. talked about it. So today's topic um, is understanding our bodies more um, clearly and knowing when we're out of our, out of our sync or out of, out of our truth. Um, so I'll give you a bit of background just to build a bit of context into the, today's discussion and also what I can possibly bring to the table today as well. Mm -hmm. So my background is in physical therapy and chiropractic. Um, I decided to be a chiropractor when I was 13 years old. Um, My brother had a back problem at his age of 16. He was doing weights (laughs) from a young age. And uh, just to cut a long story short, he went to the chiropractor. Mum took him to the chiropractor um, and he was meant to have an operation, which he didn't have. And the chiropractor um, fixed him up. And I sat in the corner of the treatment room and I was amazed. I was just sitting there in my chair at 13 years old and thinking, this man um, is just doing some things to my brother, stretching, releasing something, talking mm. to him. Mm. And uh, from when he, he was at home, he was, wasn't able to really sit down and do his sports anymore. He was meant to have an operation. And, you know, probably two or three weeks later, he was back into, into um, at least carrying his school bag back to school and, um, and eventually uh, about probably four weeks after having treatment back into sport again. Mm. And I thought at the time, this, this chiropractor, all he's doing is he's just doing something to his body. He's laying on the table and, uh, and he's, he's doing something to allow my brother to, to function again. I thought I want to, I want to be in this. I want to do something like this. Um, and pain is something that brings people to uh, a practitioner, whether that's a physical therapy practitioner 
or um, a coach or a psychologist or to a priest or to a family friend, it's usually some sort of pain point that brings someone in um, for some sort of care or treatment. Whether it be emotional or physical. Physical yeah. or emotional mm. or whatever other varieties of pain there are. Mm. There's lots of varieties of pain. And the way um, I see pain in practice, um, specifically with, with patients, is that pain is something that um, is a signal or a, um, a signal that something not, is not right in, in basic terms. Um, like a warning sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In neurological terms or physiological terms, without getting too techie, is that um, the brain's receiving signals from the body. The body's saying, um, I'm not coping. The brain's receiving a signal, hey, you're not coping, do something different um, to change the situation um, so that we can reduce these pain signals for you. Otherwise, if you remain in this situation, um, your pain signals will continue to fire off and you'll continue to experience pain. So that's what's happening in the body. Usually what happens if the brain continues to sense um, uh, the perception of pain mm. over a period of time, usually if it's more than four or six weeks, um, the body goes into a chronic state of experiencing pain all the time. Mm. And that can be experienced as a chronic back pain or chronic headaches, um, chronic shoulder pain, elbow pain. And usually something has to happen in order for that chronic pain to shift. And it's, Unfortunately, when I see it in practice, the thing that usually happens is a, um, it's, uh, what do I call it? It's um, not an epiphany of pain, but it's um, a break, some sort of breakdown has happened. Mm. The person's had, had an acute episode of pain, but usually that episode of pain is just a wake-up call. Um, can, you, can you give examples like what yeah. back's let up or yep. what do they usually come in with? Yeah, usually it would be someone who's had back problems on and off over, over the years and um, then they've come in with a relapse of back pain um, when they haven't had it for six months. Usually what happens is that there's um, some sort of um, wake-up call that the brain's trying to understand or, or perceive and usually that wake-up call is, hey, do something to change physically or, hey, it's something that you need to do um, emotionally to change. Mm. At the moment, I've got a blank into what I usually call that. Mm. Um, That's okay. We'll come to you. Um, But I think what you're – and because of what you've seen, obviously, over the years, I I see you as having come to really respect the body in a way that is – like really respect the body and in terms of how the body functions and but also certainly what I've learned is to look at to look beyond the not look be yeah to look beyond the physical to understand the body beyond the physical well yeah to to understand the body beyond the physical like for me how that relates to my practice when I work with clients is mind and body are connected so therefore what's happening here is you know emotionally is also going to impact our body and for you but you're kind of almost going the other way around what's happening in the body is going to affect our, our yeah our our mind how we feel how we perceive something which is why i think because we're so like you would agree with this i mean you know when we're so busy in our day-to-day life that we might get a nudge around let's say it could be could be, you know, an ache in, in our shoulders. It could be something in our leg, a pain in the leg. Could be stomach discomfort, discomfort in the stomach. Um, 
like how do we come to respect what the body's telling? How do we listen in on that? Like how do we do that? So just to answer that question, um, I can use a client who comes in as, as an example. Um, um, beautiful lady. Uh, she understands her body quite, um, quite well, understands that when she feels a pain, it's not just about, well, her shoulders sore. It's about, well, what's happened in her life over the last week that may have created that. Um, and the question she'll ask me, she'll put me on the spot and say, what's going on here? It's not just my shoulder that's sore. Tell me about my body. What's it saying to me? Which is really nice because you don't get that, especially in clinical practice. Um, so the things I, I, I sort of run through in terms of, when someone presents with pain is, okay, they've got some sort of musculoskeletal problem going on. There's some inflammation. They've injured it somehow. Um, but then I'll take another step back and, and, and ask myself the question, who is this person today as um, presenting here in front of me? Um, who do they, who, what is the persona that they have in their family? What's the persona do they have in their work? What persona do they have in life in general? And what has happened over the course of the last couple of days or week that's created mm. some sort of turmoil or inconsistency or um, incongruence in this person? Um, and it's some sort of mental process that I go through pretty quickly um, and then I sort of feel inside my body how I can best uh, serve that person today. Like through <clears throat> what kind of treatment, how to, how to, you know, what to do with them manually, like with your but what do I need to say to this person uh -huh. right now? Uh -huh. What particular space do I need to provide um, for this person right now? And it's nothing dissimilar to what you would do in your coaching sessions, but it happens in a physical therapy, mm -hmm. in a physical therapy room. So maybe I can just run through just head to toe in yes. terms of, yeah, that would be great. yeah just okay. a little bit more um, real. So head to toe in terms of? Maybe just physical symptoms yeah. and how it can relate to life. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm excited about this because I know I'll learn something too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, again, this is this is not hard science. This is something that's evolved over time um, for me personally um, mm. through my work with with patients, with clients, reading material, or lots of stuff. So it's not it's not copyright to me. It's just what yeah. I what I've done over the years and what's come naturally. So if someone comes in with a head problem. Um, something to do with around their head or face. Mm -hmm. um, we can specifically hone in, is it pain around their eye, around their, their sort of eyebrow? Um, is it a headache? Um, so usually something around the eye has got, I won't say has got to do with, but can sometimes seem to be a problem or an issue around something that they're seeing. Mm -hmm. um, what is it that I'm seeing right now that could be affecting my physical health? Or what is it that I, I don't like seeing right now? Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of ears, what is it that I've been hearing that doesn't really gel for me? Um, what is it that I've had communications with people, with the media, with one-on-one -on -one, um, communications, but also broadly with, with what am I seeing around me right now that just doesn't fit? Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear it anymore. I've got this sore ear, but I don't want to hear these, these things anymore. Mm -hmm. um, trouble around the face and the eye. What, do I, what, what am I seeing in the world? What am I seeing in my own personal circumstances that I don't want to see anymore? Um, so just, I want to pause there for a second. And in terms of that, if, if I feel like someone's coming with a headache and it's been a migraine that's given them some blurred vision, um, and some nausea and those sort of sensations of lightheadedness or dizziness, um, then sure, I'll, I'll use some sort of protocol physically 
to address their migraines. Mm. Think about triggers in their diet that have been triggering um, their migraine symptoms and changing their um, their blood chemistry. But then I'll also, when I find a, a pause in the treatment session, I'll ask questions, what's going on? Mm. And it's usually in those questions where I ask what's going on that we find the biggest trigger. And it's usually some sort of um, emotional trigger that's they say, oh, I had a, a meeting at work and it went terribly. Mm-hmm. Or I have a, had a conversation with a loved one and um, it didn't go so well. I don't know what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. Then the body starts to, to show some sort of symptom. And usually an emotional uh, overlay affects the body in the, in the weakest spot. Say that again. So an, emo- an emotional overlay that's, so let's say, call it a negative, uh-huh. usually hits the body in the weakest spot. And, and how do we know what's, what do you mean? What's weak, yeah. yeah. So in terms of where we find our weak spots, our weak spots can be areas in our body that we tend to have um, chronic issues with. Ah, uh, okay. Um, they can be a genetic predisposition. Mm. They can be a, an inflammatory predisposition. They can be old injuries that just come back recurring and recurring. So let's say, for instance, someone um, was uh, overweight for a while and they injured their back. Mm. At that time and at that time and place, they had an injury which created pain for them. They associated it with different things in their life at that particular time, which was over being overweight, not having a relationship, mm. and being um, stressed at work, and maybe not, not feeling good about not themselves. feeling good at themselves. Yeah, but there'll be there'll be hundreds, if not thousands, of triggers in that situation of pain yeah. at that particular time that the body has memorised and it's, it's put into its into its database of, oh, gee, when I yeah. had that back pain, this is what was going on for my life in my life at that particular time. Mm. And those things that happen in, in life over time, they happen all the time. Mm-hmm. They're triggers. They're smells mm. that you smell. Um, they're emotions that you feel. They're not unique to that particular time way back 10 years ago. Mm. Those, those triggers are always happening day, day in, day out. But when you've got a certain amount of triggers happening at that one time, it's an ultimate scenario for a re-trigger of pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. So using a migraine, um, someone who's got migraines, for instance, yeah, we know that migraines are a, um, they're a chemical irritation to blood vessels, creating constriction of blood vessels to the head, changing um, the pressure in, in blood vessels around the head, creating migraines, the symptoms of migraines, mm. which is... Nausea, dizziness, lightheadedness, sometimes an aura of colour, photophobia, mm. um, sensitivity to sound. <clears throat> so uh, there are so many triggers to that. Um, for instance, when I had migraines as a kid, mm. my trigger was um, a dried-out mandarin skin. What? Oh. Yeah. Wow. So I, I've stayed away consciously from dried mandarin skins because wow. um, in the past um, when I had a dried mandarin skin in my lunchbox and I pulled it out, you know, getting ready for the bin or something, and it was in my hand. I'd smell it. Straight away my head would throb. It's like someone had stuck a a knife through my head. Oh, wow. It was terrible. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, it is fascinating. But if you know what the triggers are, you can avoid them. But also what was going on for me at the time when I was younger is, you know, we had probably some situations at home that weren't ideal Mm. and I had migraines at the same time. So... My pain point was migraines. Mm. My triggers, known triggers, were mandarin skins. Mm. But also I had a whole level of of other triggers at the same time, which was stress, Mm. some family issues, um, and and lots of other stresses at the time as well. So 
but because mandarin skin was was in the mix mm-hmm. as soon as mandarin skin was was you know i could smell it the migraine would come on interesting okay so detoxing away from those those triggers over time like mm-hmm. for me detoxing away from mandarin skin is easy i just stay away from dried mandarin sure. skin but detoxing away from those emotional triggers that created the pain or, mm-hmm. or that were around at the time when the pain was there are also um, your our job mm. as people, your job as people, um, to identify what those triggers are and start to detox away from those. So, for instance, stress as a kid. Yeah, everyone's got stress as a kid. I had particular stresses as a kid. If I didn't detox myself away from those stresses along my adult journey, mm. that would always continue to be a trigger. And, and just so we use kind of, just so we hone in exactly on the language, what you mean, detox from those triggers is really saying understanding how I need to change things for my life so I can be the person I want to be, yep. work on myself yep. and understand how I need to deal with what's happened in the past, like as we all do, right? Yep. Um, that's kind of mm. emotional detox that you're talking about. For okay. sure, yeah. And you can change the word, whatever you want to change it, but identifying um, emotional triggers mm. Um or identifying things in our life that we don't particularly, we're not particularly pleased with, and make a positive change um, to to live a more wholesome life, mm. or to know that well, I need to I need to deal with that. I need mm. to deal with with that situation in my life um, by not dealing with situations, um, whether through some coaching or whether through reading a book or talking with a friend, whatever way you do it. It means that it's always going to be a trigger that's always ever present in the background that can always sprout out at any time. Mm. So, for instance, um, I've got lots of lots of triggers that are still sitting in the in the background. And um, how old am I now? Forty seven. No, dude, dude, you're forty three. Right, I'm forty three. <laughs> I forget all the time. Just a few years uh-huh. down. <laughs> um, the person I am now. Is not going to be the person I am when I'm 90. It's not mm. the person I'm going to be when I'm 50. It's not going to be the person that I am when I'm 60. Only because I've got a commitment, a personal commitment to always um, express mm. myself more fully mm. and express expressing myself more fully or ex- helping a, a client express themselves more fully is really a matter of shining light on things that uh, are not working and uh, um, allowing that to either um, mm. change as a behavioural thing um, in, in some way. And in doing that, it, 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 it reduces the trigger. Mm. And, yeah, yeah, okay. It's interesting because where do, I, where do I want to go with this? All right, I won't, I won't veer off too far because we might get there later on. Um, but if we come back to, there are so many layers because I asked you about these emotional overlays. What does that mean, you know, and, mm. and because it hits the weaker spot. So you've given a really nice well rounded kind of um, understanding what they may look like and you started talking about the face mm-hmm. I have a question and I don't know it could be potentially vulnerable I don't know what I'm putting myself in for but I'm open to what leads to it <clears throat> so you know how I've been I've been experiencing some uh, what is it Re- retraction in my gums mm-hmm. what's another name for retraction is another name pulling away my gums are pulling away now my gums are not inflamed my gums are not red. They're pink in colour. They look healthy. They're just moving away. I've got, you know, pretty good oral hygiene. I'm very, I'm very, 
I'm not obsessed, but I'm very conscious of making sure that I look after my teeth. And, and I know that in the past I've had certain gum sensitivities, not often, usually pre-menstrual, pre-cycle. Um, so it could be food, you know, it could be coffee, wine, chocolate, that kind of triggers it. But what I've noticed recently is that, as you know, um, because we, you know, I've shared this with you, is that there's like, it's not inflammation, it's just that they move away and I feel this strong, it's almost like someone's pulling my gums up, it's really bizarre. And so I've been to, as you know, to see the acupuncturist who's helped a lot and through that he's said that you have a lot of heat in the body. Now what I... And, and, and then they deal with it accordingly, which is pretty fascinating. It always blows me away how the body functions that way. What's happened in a lot of the sessions, I've had about four acupuncture sessions, is that I've had a lot of emotional release where I've cried. You know, there have been points that he's touched and I got really agitated, like in pain, and then I've just bursted out crying. And another one has been uh, sadness yeah a lot of it's been sadness so and the way that leo the acupuncturist has talked about well the heat has been coming from the stomach it's affecting the heart which then affects the lungs as well because i've had some phlegm so given all that like i'm not asking you i'm not putting you on the spot in terms of what does that mean emotionally it's not about that but if, we, if we're looking at what the mouth means and what you know about me, because we want to we wanna just... this I'm, I'm like a live case study here, right? Putting myself out on the table. As what you understand about the body and when we suppress our truth, because part of it, I know part of it is me consciously being aware of, you know, even when I've had that release, like in the, in the acupuncturist um, room, when, when I really connected to that around, oh, wow, that's interesting. What is this about? All that kind of came to me was um, what was left unspoken, what was left unsaid, things unsaid in the, in, just in life, right? So I don't need to know. I personally don't need to know what that is. I feel like, okay, good, I've got it out. But how do you look at all that? Okay, yeah, cool. So without going into, into yeah. your specifics, but yeah. let's just say someone's come in to see me we're the same. <laughs> um, so this all goes in the background of my mind. It always runs in the background like a computer thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> You're wired in a way where you can do that. <laughs> so teeth is what everybody can see. It's our face to the world. Um, teeth are embedded in gum. So the foundation of a tooth is born in the gum uh-huh. and that pops up becomes the face of, of what everybody sees. Mm. That's why that people spend a lot of money on cosmetic mm. um, braces for their teeth because the teeth look nice. Oh, gee, nice person. The teeth look yeah. good. Ooh, what's up? Okay. Um, so the mouth has all got to do with, what you, with like what you said, it's vocalising our, our, it's vocalising us. Mm. And um, without getting into, into the psychology of everything, We've got an inside body, we've got an outside body, mm-hmm. we've got inside thoughts, we've got outside vocalisation, we've got our inside subconscious, we've got our outside ego. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone was coming in with me with that sort of thing, um, things would be going on in my mind is, okay, um, this person right now is probably going through a little bit of a, um, um, sometimes they call it dark night of the soul, some sort of transition is happening mm-hmm. and they've got a particular face that they want to maintain to the world 
but the foundation that produced that face has changed and that that tooth or the facade to the to the world is starting to transform as well mm. and as as it, as it that transforms the foundation has to change because mm. you can't build a, a skyscraper in place of a um, using the same foundations as a house the mm. skyscraper will fall mm. down so even though the the receding gums is, feels like it's an issue it's probably not that much of an issue in my mind because as the um, as every part of the being starts to change and starts to grow in into that transformation, the foundation is going to strengthen mm. accordingly. Mm. So what will happen is the is the gums will come back from their receding mm. position because they're stronger. They're able to hold a, a brand new face to the world, which mm. is a transformed face, mm. and it's a face or an ego that um, that, that that is is more. It fits, it fits more with what's going on with the inside. The inside's starting to match what the outside says. I'm, I'm, I'm getting like a little bit teary, which means that mm. he's hitting the nail on the spot in the sense of that's what you're speaking, your truth is resonating with my truth. Mm. And it's and when I'm getting teary, it's like for me, tearing and teary isn't, I guess it's more around, oh, releasing, just like more of a release and also an opening to what's coming and mm. who I'm becoming. That's... It's like that. It's uh, it's a uh, it's allowing transformation. So even as you're speaking that, um, mm. yeah, you're. It's you know it's like part of me aligns more when I hear you. Mm. When someone can when when someone can reflect that truth back to us, it just goes boom. It just things click in place. Mm. Yeah, I think that click is what happens in in the treatment rooms, for instance. Mm. Like a if that was a symptom that you were coming in with and you had a sore neck, um, I would have a conversation with you, but not to the level that I would have a conversation with you like I just did. Yeah, of course. The conversation would be more about things that that seem real to the everyday person um, who's not maybe energetically connected or doesn't mm. understand their body to the depth um, that you do. So it would be more about, well, what's going on now with mm. work, your life, um, and, pre- and providing some sort of reflective mm. questioning where the person's coming up with, with some sort of solution that's raising mm. up their, whatever you want to call it, raising up their vibration, their awareness, um, mm. their, their ability to reach a, a, a threshold of transformation. And that could be as simple as, wow, John, my neck feels so much better um, and gee, thanks for talk, thanks for listening to me today. Mm. It might be that level of of the getting to the threshold where they go, they leave, they leave the centre, they decide to 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 drive home, um, and on their way home, they they think, oh, I'm going to call, I'm going to call what, I'm going to call whoever, um, a friend of mine, and and um, just have a chat. Maybe they hadn't had a chat to that person for a while, but they've reached a, they've reached almost that threshold where they've allowed themselves the ability to actually have the awareness to, I don't have to chat that person because that person always helps me to make some sort of realisation without them actually thinking, I'm going to call this person so I can have my realisation right now. Yeah. It's not yeah. like that. Or they've gone home and they've prepared a meal that's instead of having takeaway on the way home, they're preparing a meal of miso and, and fish instead yeah. of the usual. Okay. And that's changed their body chemistry enough to have a good night's sleep and during their sleep, their, their unconscious thoughts has, has come up with some sort of solution for them at night time mm. and in the morning they feel so much better. Next day they go for a walk or they do something positive for themselves. And that, that simple conversation in the treatment room has allowed them to sort of get closer towards reaching that threshold mm-hmm. of transformation mm-hmm. where they've done it themselves and they've just had 
three or four or five actions of, of, of positiveness that yeah. allow them just to actually reach that threshold and then bang, they've just transformed. Mm. Then they continue that transformation throughout the next couple of days and they see a family friend they hadn't seen for a while or a work colleague. Yeah. It's kind of like, gee, you're, you're looking amazing today. What's, what's happened to mm. you? I don't know, I just woke up and feeling great. This last week's been really good. Mm. And they don't know why. Yeah. yeah. And they don't need to know why. No. Yeah. You know, even though we're all spiritual beings and we've got so many facets and layers of, mm. of, of reality that are not here and now, mm. this is not us. Yeah. But we don't need to know that. Yeah. The everyday, the every person walking down the street, they might understand that subconsciously, um, but not have a tangible of, I'm this, I'm that, I'm yeah. this, I'm that. I've got this layer here, I've got this layer up there. I've got to make sure that layer up there is fine. Yeah. That doesn't have to happen in everyday life in this reality. Mm, mm. We 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 can have interactions with with positive influences yeah. um, to allow us to to come to those realizations. But. Mm. When we're not in a situation where we're um, maybe surrounded by people that will help us to get to a threshold, yeah. then what will happen is we'll keep staying down around here and then our messenger is our body. Mm. Pain just comes knocking says, what's, you know, you got a sore foot, okay, better go get some treatment for that. Got a sore back, better go get some treatment for that. Or I'll take a tablet, that'll numb down the sensation for a while, I can continue mm. my life as usual. So if we don't have that, that environment that we've built around us of, of people, places, things, um, then it's going to be pain that's going to be knocking on the door. Mm. And it's almost like, you know, I'm just going to start from this point, like taking yourself that, like listening, going, ah, pain, as in, okay, I'll just monitor, keep an eye on it, kind of like what I did before I saw Leo. Mm. And I knew, I, I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't a case of seeing a death. It's not gingivitis. I, I know. I just know my teeth and I guess I've got that level of awareness into my body that I can ensure what I need, what's where I need to go with that. Um, but if we, you know, if that person then is in pain again the next day, the next day they try medication, neurofilm, whatever it is, then they try something else and then they go, you know, they kind of just try and live their life around that rather than go, I I, I want I want to... I need to understand what I need to, you know, I need to treat this. Mm. And if they don't, then, but then they want to, you know, it's like part of them saying, um, well, essentially if they don't, they've got the pain, they don't do it. They sabotage the process for themselves because they're not almost, they're not seeking that self care, isn't it? It, it? It's, it's a willingness to give yourself something to, um, to help yourself mm. and a lot of people are not even don't have that worth sometimes to the level of I deserve to have that treatment which is really interesting you know yeah. Yeah. Um, why am I saying all of this um, because that then could be a starting point you know seeing yourself seeing yeah and seeing a doctor where that needs where that's the case we seeing you know having massage to help us getting to the I think the emotional aspect of things, even if it's not conscious, is often the missing key to helping us understand more who we are. Mm. If that's not, if, if that doesn't come in into what we're talking about, I think there'll always be, um, well, there'll always be something missing, you know, there, and, and also lack of trust in the body and understanding how the body works, mm. which is why we need to, listen to our bodies, we need to respond to it, we need to 
pick up messages that come through. Um, um, yeah, even in how, you know, how you describe that client, like she's so, I love how she's open enough and respectful of her body to say, what is going on? Help me understand. I'll often mm -hmm. do that with you because we all need someone to help us reflect things back. Yes, we can try and do it ourselves, but when we can do it with someone who can really listen or someone who's respectful enough of your space to, you know, to kind of share a little bit of what's going on, then we can learn more from that mm. and develop that deeper insight and awareness. But the situation where people continue to have chronic pain. Mm -hmm. and That's um, different. What's sort of different, but not really. Mm -hmm. um, In what way? Well, for instance, um, let's just say that we've got a client who's um, got some sort of compensation, workers' compensation for a back injury that they had a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, let's just say at a particular time of the injury, had a good job, had good social networks, mm -hmm. um, had good work colleagues, was fulfilled in work, had an injury, no fault, no fault of, of um, his own. All of a sudden, everything's taken away. A new life has just happened up post-injury. There's a whole load of compensation um, situations that happen. Um, how is he going to make a living? He's just lost his work colleagues, lost his um, fulfilment in work. Things have to totally changed and someone needs to be blamed. Mm. So let's go. Why does someone need to be blamed? Let's go with two people. Not, not everyone, not, people don't always need to be blamed and nor do, nor do people who have had an injury. Mm -hmm. But let's just say one person feels that the next day they need to blame somebody for that loss. Then you've got another person who the next day um, understands and can see that another situation has occurred in their life and they need to make the, they need to do something to to um, to get on with life in the way that they want. So you've got two, you've got two dividing roads here. Mm -hmm. You take one road, which is blame blame, mm -hmm. um, and you've got another road that's okay. Let's let's fix it and make it work. Um, cause I want a life here. Mm. <clears throat> they both want a life, but the one who's going to make a positive change, uh, is actually going to have a pretty good life six years down the track. Mm -hmm. The one who's blame blame six years down the track, um, they're continuing to hold on to the injury in order to substantiate their life. Cause they want to blame someone. And if mm. you blame someone, you need to get something from them. The other person who, who didn't, um, blame, who just got on with life, has actually got no attachment to the injury in, in the same way that the other person does. So with less attachment to the injury, there's less, um, less need for some sort of outcome or let's say reimbursement from the injury because there's no one to blame. It's kind of like, well, no one's going to pay me for it or continue with, with, with my life as it is. Um, so for instance, if there's an emotional injury or a physical injury or a combination of two, because they both come in, they both mm. come in tandem, mm. um, and you get a person that hasn't forgiven their past, let's just call it, just say forgiven their past, or come to um, a transformation about their past, then that's always going to be a, a, a revolving trigger that continues to mm. say sabotage um, their lifestyle um, to moving forward. So they haven't accepted, they haven't taken responsibility, they haven't made decisions about how to move forward, what they need to move forward because they haven't forgiven. It's your three A's, isn't it? Yeah. Well, acknowledge, accept, allow. Yeah. 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 Um, so 
I always run that through my mind with clients as well because the three A's that Susie talks about. Um, and the breath, of course. And the breath in, in, in your program mm. is the basics of, um, of transformation. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's that's that's all. Yeah, that that th we're not educated in that way, unfortunately. But if we go back to, let's go back to. Um, okay, you know how you started talking about the body. Yep. So we got up to the face. Do you want to run let's, through. Yeah, run through. Okay, so um, mouth. Um, some of this stuff will just seem super obvious, but um, uh, physically and metaphysically, it's it's pretty accurate. Mouth. What do we do? We speak from it. We eat from it. Um, we make love from it. Um, people see us. They look at our mouth when we speak. A lot happens from our mouth. Mm. So um, there's too many to go through. The most basic ones are the teeth, the way um, the, the world sees us, our ego to the world, um, our personality, our persona. Well, that's what happened to me. So yes, yeah, yeah. that's a transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tongue, throat is vocalising, mm. so speaking what it is that you want to speak. If you feel like someone's not allowing you to speak and they've muted you, then it could be things like sore throat, um, bad breath, mm. um, tonsillitis, those sort of things, anything mm. with the mouth mm. vocalising. Hearing's a fairly um, easy one. It's, well, you listen through your ears, so ask yourself the question, what don't I want to hear right now? Mm. Or what is it that I don't like hearing right now? You can. There's so many ways to to transform that because is it well the message that you're hearing is is there an issue with the, with the message or is there an issue with the way you're understanding the message? Mm. So I won't go to the complexities. No, of yeah, them. yeah, yeah. But there's, I, I can we can share some kind of resources yeah. at the end where you can learn more about this. Yeah. Um, neck. So there's a common saying: don't put your neck out. Putting mm. your neck out is sort of like on the chopping board. Um, so if someone's not putting their neck out or they've just put their neck out, they may feel things like, um, well, where did I just put myself into a situation that made me vulnerable? Or what don't I, what don't I want to see over my shoulder right now? I'm just looking straight ahead. Do I have my blinkers on? Mm. Oh, wait, I'm going to speak quickly because mm -hmm. most of this stuff just comes intuitively to me. Yeah, go so for it's, it, not, it's not really a logical thing. I'm letting you yeah, go for it. Um, shoulders, bearing weight of, of, the, of the world on your shoulders. Mm. Um, shoulders, it's the most flexible joint in the body. It allows for range of movement and flexibility. Mm. Usually people that maybe get a bit of a frozen shoulder or pain around their shoulder or uh, might have tendencies in that particular time towards inflexibility. Um, don't feel like they've got the, uh, the gusto or the stamina or range mm. to get things done. Not able to reach for things or not reaching for goals um, in the way that they want to reach for goals. Mm. Um, elbow is a sim simple hinge joint. All it does is pretty much just just bends forward and back and a little bit of rotation. So in terms of hinge, um, where am I being inflexible right now is a common question that can be asked around the elbow with elbow pain, inflexibility, um, rigidness of decision-making, rigidness of opinion. Um, hands and fingers, um, they're our tactile, our sense to the world. That's where we feel things, mm. where we greet people. Uh, in terms of sensation, where am I numbing myself right now? What don't I want to feel right now? Um, what can I get my handle on right now? Um, what is out of reach right now? What do I want in my hands right now? What is it that I want? Um, if there's arthritic pain or stiffness um, in the hands, what can I get a grip on right now? What don't I, what don't I want to touch right now? Mm. What don't I want in my life right now? I don't want to touch it. Mm. Um, 
had a young girl actually just just not too long ago and and she came in with her mum and her hands are all red. Mm. Um, I said, what's going on with your hands? Mm. And she says, oh, and she's a super intelligent girl. She says, oh, I've got this thing right now. I've got this germ thing right now. I said, what does that mean? What does it mean? She says, oh, I don't want to touch things. So I'm washing my hands a lot. So my hands have gone red. I said, I can see they've gone very red. Didn't make a, didn't make a point of it. Just made it comfortable in the room. Treated her mum. Having a bit of a banter with, with the daughter at the time. The conversation was really around things that she didn't want in her she had some friends at school that she didn't really want as friends anymore. Mm-hmm. And from what I understood and the way that she um, explored and communicated all that, all that um, to us and to her mum, her mum was surprised that she was saying these things. Mm-hmm. The way she communicated was that she's got some friends that she doesn't want to be friends with anymore. And the way she said it was, I just don't want to be friends with them anymore. Mm-hmm. You could see the way that she used her hands and pulling away. She, right. she just doesn't want to be friends with them. Yeah. And maybe with her the sensation of wanting to wash her hands all the time and not touch things that make her feel yeah. germy and irky. Yeah. Possibly there was some irkiness that she was feeling from her friends mm. and she just didn't want to bar it anymore. Mm. So the fact that her mum understood that and had a conversation about that while mum was in the treatment room, maybe they'll go home and have a little bit of a conversation around friendships and what a good friendship is and what a, a false friendship is um, might be enough to raise her to a point of threshold where she'll just be able to be back in her body and make a decision around her friendships and, and, and choose different friends. And in doing that, possibly she'll lose that, that, mm. um, that germ phobia that she calls mm. at the moment, wash her hands less. And, um, mm. Yeah, so that was, that was, that was interesting. Mm. Mm. Wow. I'll keep running through. Yeah. Um, chest um, is different for men and women. For women, it's, um, it's got a lot to do with, with motherhood um, and raising kids and, and giving. So the and lungs receiving. and rec- to a degree receiving, but I find, and it will be different. Of course. You'll see from a totally okay. different perspective, but with, with clients I find that um, it's more, if they're exhausting their givingness and they don't understand who they are um, and they've got some discomfort around their chest um, or they've had some discomfort in their lung tissue, um, which is just below that, I often find that there's some issue around overgiving or particularly or around grief. Mm. They're holding their breath. Mm. They're getting too much asthma. Um, and some of those, some of those, I suppose, metaphysical things around here are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, but for instance, there's another lady, she's, she's had chronic asthma and um, she's had a stiff neck and she's had really good improvements in her physical um, pains with, mm. with treatment. But it's been amazing how her, her asthma has shifted mm. with that. And I'm certainly not being a treatment for her, her asthma because mm. uh, that can be quite a, 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 a um, a severe medical condition, but um, her asthma has, has, has really resolved a lot. She's noticed I can get my air back in again. Mm. And during treatments, we just talked about her as a person, mm. what's going on, and just as the conversations roll, um, she sort of opened up and talked to really a lot about grief that she'd been dealing with over the years with, um, with her husband, with her kids, with her family back home. And... Um, I don't know what happened, but she <laughs> seems to look at those situations a little bit differently. Yeah. She's noticed that she doesn't have the asthma and mm. um, she feels clearer um, huge, and she's doing yeah. exercise every day. Yeah. So um, I don't think there's always a one fix all. Yeah. There's definitely not a physical fix for, for one thing. Or a, or a, a clear, clear definition, this is what no. that means. It's really, even though this is what you're sharing, like, Generally speaking, yeah, but you have to intuit. You have to really get to know your body as to what that might mean in mm. different parts. But 
you know, this is this is some kind of common yeah. things that you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm. for sure. Um, what about the back? Back, yep. Um, upper back has got a lot to do with bearing weight again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the foundation of your head. The head is a pivot point um, in life. Mm. So if the foundation is 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 solid or or, um, or rigid or in pain, mm. then you can't really have that that sense of vision for life. Um, that I, what do I want in life? I don't know. Gee, I've mm. got this back upper back stiffness. For me, by releasing some upper upper some of that upper back stiffness, it could reach you to a threshold where you've got a little bit more inside of to what you want in life or who you are as a person. Mm. You might have a conversation with someone and map out, well, they ask you the right question at the right time. What do you want out of life? Mm. If the back pain is, is reduced or if you've had that conversation at the right time of what do I want out of life and you get some insights, the back pain can often um, mm. start to subside anyway. Yeah. So you don't need the physical release to allow for the emotional to, to run mm. its course. Mm. It can also be the other way around. And often I find it's the other way around anyway. Mm. Interesting. So someone who comes in with agonising low back pain and they can't move, um, it's a pretty unpleasant situation to have in, in consultation rooms. Mm. But um, oftentimes when their pain starts to subside, they just start bursting bursting into tears because... Lower back. Yeah, mm. yeah. And I find it's particularly with lower back. Mm. People get very teary and emotional, mainly because the pain was so intense and all mm. of a sudden the pain's gone. So the, the body chemistry um, changes very quickly mm. um, and you access different parts of your, of your brain, the emotional part. But also <clears throat> maybe by having that pain not there anymore, all of a sudden the emotional pain that they've been holding the whole mm. you know, three weeks prior to coming in and having that back pain has been exposed. Mm. And all of a sudden they're faced with, like, oh, my goodness, is that, it's there. Like, the problem has just exposed itself in their mind um, because their back pain is not there anymore. They have an emotional um, release and then they slowly, in their own way, start to deal with what's going on mm. or what they didn't want to face before. Mm, and it's not like we're having a counselling session in there yeah. in, the, in the treatment rooms. It's just that all of a sudden... Physical pain is not there anymore, so mm. the emotional has, has become louder. Mm-hmm. If they don't deal with, deal with the emotional in, a, in a, um, a positive way, let's just say that they just throw down some, um, I don't know, Valiums or something to feel not feel that way anymore. They had some alcohol or um, they've distracted themselves from their emotions sufficiently enough to feel decent inside again. All that's going to happen probably three, usually about three or four weeks later, mm the emotions erupt again or the back pain erupts again or both. Yeah, <clears throat> and that just, it's just a cycle that continues to happen. Mm. And I wouldn't say it's more with men compared to women or more with women compared to men, but um, it's just really unique to the person and really um, the life that they've had, the emotional resilience that they've developed over the years um, and how much or how little um, that they've decided to to delve into their insights. I was going to ask you the question was, well, what kind of person or what can help the person to get through that if we're specifically talking about lower back pain, you know, when when they've had that release but then there's all this emotional stuff, Mm. what kind of people tend to get through that and actually live without that chronic, like resolve that chronic lower back pain? 
<clears throat> probably the simplest way to answer it is just looking at um, the areas of life. So if they've got strong social networks, mm. and that could be family network, it could be friends, it could be loved ones, and if they've got a, a good two-way communication between the two, they'll tend to respond mm. really well and not continue to have a recurring problem. Mm-hmm. If they're in some sort of financial debt um, that they feel they can't get out of, um, compared to someone who feels like they don't have a financial debt, the ones that don't will tend to, to resolve and not mm. have a recurring um, pain problem. The ones that do have a financial um, overlay, they'll tend to be having a recurring problem with pain. Is that something found from the research? Um, to a degree, research, research does show people with, with lower socioeconomic um, um, standards tend to have chronic pain. Mm. And that's um, people that earn less money and smoke and are, are obese and have less social networks. Mm. The research definitely does show that. But in terms of clinic, clinic it's a lot softer. Mm. So it'll be a person who's got a great relationship with their dog. Mm. They might get better faster and not have a recurring um, pain problem compared to someone who doesn't have, have um, a, you know, a dog. Some kind of other some sort of Some sort of support. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Someone who's just gone through a life transition or a work transition who hasn't dealt with it properly, they've just been redundant or something, if, if their ego has attached to their job so much and or their identity, identity has attached mm. to their job so much, yeah. um, then they might have a harder time to transition mm. compared to someone whose identity wasn't, wasn't stuck to their job as much. Mm. They just knew that I was a person. Mm. Well, yeah, I was a great accountant and CFO of that company, but you know what? I'm going to go and start a, a scuba diving business um, because I like it and I like mm. to be at the beach. Mm. Being at the beach has got nothing to do with being a CFO. Okay, yeah. Um, their friends, if they always identify this person as a CFO, that's, oh, that's yeah. Jeff the CFO, um, then no, it's kind of like, well, no, that's just, that's just Jeff. Yeah, yeah, let's go have a beer okay. or let's go to the beach or let's go for a scuba dive. They just know him as a person. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And I think identity is a whole other thing. But um, if we go, if we move to um, buttocks. Yep. So buttocks and low back um, is the, the, the small part of the spine, but it's also the foundation of the spine. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is just me from experience, yep. just yep. talking about the lower part of the back. Um, financial stability, mm-hmm. emotional stability, <laughs> tend to sit down through there. It's a foundation of self. In our, in our sort of busy lifestyle now, uh, a modern-day person needs to have money to live. They need to have social networks to grow and be stable and they need a stable job. So anything that provides some sort of stability in a person's life, um, if they've had that stability taken away from them, that could be a primary relationship change, a job change, financial change, um, identity change, a whole bunch of things, the back will start to niggle. And buttocks. Well, buttocks is about know. releasing. Um, ah. So buttocks is closer towards the anus. What we do for the anus, it's a, it's, um, uh, a toxic release of the body. Um, so unable to release, mm-hmm. um, holding on to things that mm-hmm. don't serve, um, tend to be around the anus, mm-hmm. around the bum, um, buttock area. Um, it's also mm-hmm. part of foundation as well. So a lot of sort of um, confused emotions, particularly around attachment and release, tend to sit around that area. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, for instance, when someone has had a session, a physical session, physical treatment, and they've had they had emotions of not wanting to let go or stagnation, mm. um, or not wanting to release, if they've had a physical pain release, 
what can often happen is um, the energy of the body would just start to rise, mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. physically start to rise. So when the energy of the body starts to rise, blood pressure changes. Do you mean temperature? No, I mean the energy of the body. Like we're talking about like what? So you know when someone's, you know when you're just calm, calm, calm and all of a sudden you've seen a dog that's about to chase you uh-huh. and you have that race of adrenaline in your body? Uh-huh. <clears throat> that race of adrenaline is uh-huh. adrenaline, which is a, basically it's an activator and a trigger of blood vessels in your body to expand, mm. to allow your heart to pump as hard as it can to deliver blood to your body, mm-hmm. particularly to your legs, so you can sprint out of that situation as mm-hmm. quickly as you can. Mm-hmm. So... Um, for instance, and that's energy of the body. Mm. So in Chinese medicine, they call it chi mm. um, okay. or okay. ki yeah. or prana. Vital, or, like vital force, prana, yeah, life in, force. In medicine, they call it an adrenal response. Uh, okay. Yeah. So um, uh. let's just call it an adrenal response. Just keep it in, towards... So, no, know, that's a, uh, and life now. force. Adrenal response or life force, depending on how you look at it, yeah. or chi. Yeah, yeah. Okay. call it whatever you want to call so it. So when that, right, okay, so you've noticed when there's been an emotional release, what, particularly in buttocks or generally speaking? They've had back pain uh-huh. or hip pain uh-huh. and they've had um, a, a concomitant um, emotional holding on of stuff emotionally. They just mm. don't want to let, let stuff go. If I've just treated them, the pain's just gone away. The only one that's left there is the, um, the relationship that, that they don't have in their life anymore. That they've just they have, they've hold, held on for dear life. But all of a sudden, it's so loud that it's produced a fright in their body. Mm. And as the person has felt this fright in their body because the pain's not there to, to cover, cover that up anymore, oh, the fright okay. has basically ignited the adrenal glands to release a whole bunch of adrenaline, mm. which then changes the body's um, blood pressure and whole blood chemistry um, into a fight mode. And then what happens is the person in the treatment room can feel lightheaded and like, mm. oh, John, can you give me a glass of water? I don't feel okay. too good. Um, and their blood pressure will drop and they'll just feel woozy. Mm. So I don't, it's not a very pleasant thing that happens, but it happens right. um, and it's very short-lived um, mm. in terms, basically the body will just right itself within about probably three minutes um, just after a little glass of water. And as long as a person feels safe, mm-hmm. they don't feel trapped. Yeah. So that's why I tend to have a little bit of a window open in the room because yeah. it lets a little bit of air in that sense of feeling like energy can expand outside of a track uh, room is really, really important wow. because the body has just made a release. Mm. If, that, if that energy can't just release somewhere, they're going to have a symptom that's not going to go. So they might, they, some people might faint, mm. um, but it doesn't really get to that, that, that very often. But it'll be that sensation of, oh, I don't, oh, no, I feel better now. It'll be a wave of, I don't feel so crash hot to, oh, I feel good again. As that feeling of I feel good again happens, I'm, I feel certain in my body, mm. in myself, that that person has just hit a threshold of a transition point mm. and a transformation has happened. Wow. Fascinating. Some people can call that whatever you want to call it. Back in Jesuit times in the Bible, they call it a miracle. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's a transformation. Yeah. The, the caterpillar has just become a, a butterfly. Mm. The baby has just taken its first breath. Mm. That's a, they're, they're all transformations. They're all miracles. They're natural phenomenons. Mm. Um, so, for instance, in that situation, just bringing back to that that situation, that person not wanting to let go and had back pain, they've just had this beautiful transformative release. Um, I'm I can be I can be guaranteed in myself to know that that person now is going to have, have is not going to be the same person this minute compared to that mm. previous minute. They've had a transformation. Mm. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That's really, oh, I've just learned something yeah, interesting there. Okay. The abdomen's function is to digest and assimilate. Mm. Mm. So it's nutrition goes in, body has to break it down into mm. the smallest pieces, like minutely small pieces, mm. in order to be an element that the body can absorb, metabolize, and, and use as fuel. Mm-hmm. So it's a recurring cycle of food in, food out, energy, transform, energy, productivity. Um, digestive issues can, can be around, well, what have I just eaten? What have I just felt in life? What am I experiencing in life that doesn't really agree with me? Mm. Um, that I can't digest, that I can't swallow. Um, and highlighting those things in, in everyday life that you can't digest, you can't swallow, don't gel with you, you can't convert into some sort <laughs> of, um, into some sort of um, transformed energy, they need to be dealt with. And if they're not dealt with, bloating, wind, upset tummy, constipation, mm. holding on, diarrhea, all those yeah. sort of issues. Now all of those. <laughs> Been there, done that, still go there, yeah. still do that sometimes <laughs> on another level. <laughs> okay. Um, hips. Hips are the most stable joint in the body. It's the most stable ball and socket joint. It's uh-huh. pretty hard to, to dislocate these things, but people unfortunately do. Very painful. But the ball, is, the ball and socket joint of the hip is the most stable joint in the whole body, mm. unlike the shoulder joint, which is the most flexible, which also makes it the one that's easily dislocated. Mm. So with the hip, it's about stability. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can ask yourself questions or where in my life don't I feel like I've got stability right now? Mm. And then race around, race around the circle of, of life, which is stable in finances, stable in work, stable in home life, stable in relationships, stable in social environments. Um, I think I may have missed a few there, but stability. Yeah, yeah, okay. Knee. Um, knees mm. are interesting. Mm. Um, again, they're a simple hinge joint. They sort of, they're around flexibility, but they're also around your locomotion as well. So someone who I see walking in here with a limp, uh-huh. they'll say, John, can you help me? I've got hip pain or I've got a sore knee or whatever. Yeah, I can help you with the pain. Let's yeah. see what's going on um, and deal with it accordingly mechanically. But Knee has got a lot to do with locomotion in life. Where am I going right now that I don't want to go to? Mm. Well, if I don't want to go there, you're going to go there slower. Mm. So limping, limping through things or holding back or resisting in, in, in forward motional momentum mm. will result in sore hips, sore knees, sore feet. Mm. Maybe once someone produces a clarity around their vision for life in general or in the direction they want to go to over the next week or over the next mm-hmm. six months or, or whatever, doesn't need to be a, a time period. But if the person knows, well, this is who I am, this is the, loco- this is the body that I've got in terms of my locomotion, my, 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 my mobility, um, I know where I want to go. It's going to be easy to get to. You get there faster and with mm-hmm. less pain in the legs and knees and feet. Mm-hmm. So looking at... Um, things that you would do with, with coaching clients is, you know, collapsing their lifestyle and what it is that you do. You do, you do magic with them, Susie. Um, they're all the sort of things that if they're not dealt with can result in, in leg yeah. pain and knee pain. Foot's an interesting one. Foot is a very articulated um, um, instrument in our body. There's 33 joints, um, 26 bones. So there's lots of joints in there that can mm. seize up. Um, and there's a whole lot of, of things that can happen. But, Walking through life comes to mind, um, walking on eggshells. So if, mm. if there's situations or relationships in life where you feel you can't express yourself verbally, they might also manifest in foot pain um, where walking on eggshells, not wanting to hurt people, not wanting to be the one who, who, who causes the problems, not wanting the one to, to walk too loudly so people hear you, mm. not wanting to vocalise.
buys your opinion. Can also create the the, um, the manifestation of walking on eggshells or walking quietly. Walking quietly can also um, stiffen up joints in the foot, produce a tendonitis, and also produce um, foot pain. Well, you've seen. I mean, you know, through some of the work on the feet that you used to do. Yeah. What like what what kind of emotional things came from really? Shall I shall I call it locked up feet? Yeah. Like really stiff. Yeah. Emotionally. So, yeah. So if I can maybe typecast it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. People that tend to have foot problems that come to see me tend to be almost like a type A personality. Type A is someone who's highly driven, highly productive, um, knows themselves um, inside out, um, has a, uh, a history of getting mammoths amount of things done with limited resources and highly, highly productive. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's just, it's just a, a little bit of a typecast, but I just find that's the sort of pattern I find mm-hmm. with people who've got chronic foot pain. On releasing it, a lot of the things that, that can happen, which is emotional releases, happen at a magnified level. Mm. But also at that magnified level of emotional release, what happens is that an insight happens so quickly. It's almost they're almost having two things happening at the same time. Instead of with other body part problem, uh, other body part presentation, someone has an emotional release, and then maybe a week later they have uh, some sort of realization. Mm-hmm. What can happen with someone who's in that typecast with the chronic foot pain, they'll have an emotional release and an insight like that, mm. almost instantaneously. Is I love that because of the, t- the, type, the, the type of person that they to are? To a degree. Uh-huh. They want to get there fast. Yeah. They, want to get there, they want to get there fast, intact with stuff on their back, carrying uh-huh. stuff. <laughs> that's what they want because they know they can do it uh-huh. and, and they've done it before and okay. they continue to do it and that's, that's in their DNA and their personality. Yeah. It's their physical DNA. It's their spiritual DNA. Uh-huh. That's what they've been given. Uh-huh. So then what, yeah, what's released, like emotionally? What are some of the patterns, the themes, the, or is it different? You can't really pinpoint that. You can't really pinpoint it, but I just like watching it because uh-huh. I like watching that sort of release realisation happening so quickly. Alignment because, between, yeah. Yeah, because it's like watching fireworks at New Year's Eve. Yeah. That's the sensation that it gives the observer. Uh-huh. It's also the sensation it gives the person. It's kind of like, oh, my goodness, that was wow. amazing. Um, and it's like this inner, inner clicking, inner, inner kind of like the puzzles of pieces, everything just comes into place. It's like, okay, yeah. I know that. And it doesn't necessarily need to be spoken? No. 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 Wow. And sometimes between release physical or emotional release and transformation reaching a threshold it can be a week it can be it can be six months Mm -hmm. but seeing it happen like that you know Mm. i'm confident in myself knowing okay that person's just going to walk out of here um and action is going to happen straight away and that action is is their essence is going to be expressed straight away wow isn't that amazing wow i'm not like that (laughs) Oh, no, I'm a different typecast, <laughs> although I have been known to be called type A, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think, no, everyone's got their own journey. I'm just kidding, you know. Um, but okay, so we've done, we've done all, you know, different kind of groups of the body. So now, you know, if, if you want to be able to work with the body more, not because everything we've done up until now, oh, we haven't listened or I've disrespected, ignored my body. It's just more about, no, it's, it's not like that. It's like, okay, you're coming into another level of awareness. This is what you're starting to prepare yourself for, to be able to work more with what's given to you by way of innate intelligence or call it awareness, call it insight, call it intuition. How do you, how do you <clears throat> work with your intuition or insight 
when you've got your symptoms, like what do you do? You know, when your body's really communicating to you, what do you do? Like what's the starting point Because before you mentioned something? So I've got a starting point. Um, number one starting point would be um, I'm going to word it the way that comes naturally. Yeah, of course. Not. Um, That's okay. Let's... Number one is don't panic. Uh-huh. Nothing's broken. I love that. Yeah. Don't panic. Yeah. Nothing's broken. Okay. That's number one. I'll, yeah. In, in going through stage one of don't worry, nothing's broken, um, allows you to be in a space of, of calm expectancy mm. versus mm. panic, 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 something's wrong. Oh, my goodness. There's no calm expectancy. There's erratic incoherence that's happening right there. Erratic incoherence goes nowhere. Mm. It just gets worse. Mm. And you're trying to modulate it with maybe medication, reassurance of the expert who further reinforced maybe the erratic incoherence, neurofin. Like I I remember just speaking to a mum who was one of our friends who was saying, oh, she's coughing a little bit quickly. You know, where's your puffer? Or Mm -hmm. it's like, let her, let's just see what, what needs to kind of, what the body is wanting, needs to do. Yeah. Well, we're not even going to that step, but step one is really just, just don't just, panic, nothing's okay. wrong. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And allows you to step back and then feel, well, what is that I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. And then when you're asking, what is it I'm feeling? And you'll just say, my back wrist really hurts. It hurts when I twist. It hurts when I move. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go into retracing your steps in a way. What did I do to cause that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Usually that question gets answered with, oh, I went to the gym. And I did that bench press and um, master twisted the bronx. I felt it click at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the back pain is coming from. So asking those sort of questions are really important of <laughs> in retracing your steps. But retracing your steps to the point where you get to the thing where, oh, I heard a click and it, and when I was doing the bench press, don't stop there. Don't mm-hmm. stop there with your questioning. So the questioning part three, is this the third step? The third step would be... Re, yeah. Um, what is the feeling? Then re, that's the third step. Retracing steps is... That's the second step. So the first step is don't worry, don't panic. Okay. First step. Yeah. Second step is retrace your steps. Ask yourself the question, what may have... After you're feeling the pain, where am I feeling the pain? Retrace the steps. Where do I think of... No, second step, sorry, is what is the feeling? What am I experiencing? Yeah, yeah. What's the pain? And, and, the... and part of that step is retracing oh, the steps. Oh, okay, sorry. Yep. So I've got the pain. Mm-hmm. Retracing your steps. Then you get... Some, most people stop there. Mm. Most people stop at step two of, oh, John, can you give me a hand with this sore back? I, I heard it at the gym. I heard it click. Mm. Uh, pain's going down my leg, a little bit tingly. Can you help me? Yeah, I can help you. No problem. Mm. Do what I've got to do. Um, but that person there stopped at step two. They may they may come back after a couple of that after a couple of sessions they'll feel a lot better because mm. the pain's gone. Mm. But they're the ones that will come back, uh, you know, five six weeks down the track. John, I've done it again. My back's gone now. Okay. Can you give me a hand again, please? Yeah, no problem. That'll be a recurring cycle of 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 trigger injury, trigger injury, trigger injury. Okay. The person who comes in and asks themselves the third step. They'll go through that for those phases of, of reaching thresholds and transforming. What's the third step? The third step is the person who goes and asks themselves a question, what is it in my life right now that's not working? Uh, 
What is in my life right now that doesn't seem to be gelling? Where am I feeling else? Where else am I feeling in my body right now that just doesn't feel comfortable? Mm. And then asking yourself, yourself questions, what, what am I not feeling comfortable with? What's happening? Basically what you ask your patients, what's happening in your life right what now? And then ask yourself what's not feeling comfortable in other places of my body right now. Mm-hmm. Most people, 98% of people will be aware of stuff that they've put into the back of their mm-hmm. mind and, you, you know, straight away two or three things that will just come to mind. Oh, yeah, I'm not really enjoying work right now. Mm-hmm. Or that conversation I had with, um, with that person the other day, it's still, it's still eating me up. Why is it eating me yeah. up? Well, well, I feel like I wasn't heard. What was it that I wanted to say? Well, I wanted to say that this is my strategy for, for that particular project at work, and, but I didn't get the opportunity to give myself to, to say yeah. those. Why well, didn't give you the opportunity to say that? Well, I didn't have the confidence to say it then. Well, yeah, whole, I it could yeah, be anything. Some, I, relationship, marriage, like I haven't said what I actually need to say. I feel like I need to speak up about this, or um, yeah, so many things. So, reaching and at least entertaining that third step. Mm. Seriously, uh, we're not all that intelligent being able to get those, those, verbalising those intuitions all on our own. We need a social network or or some help around us um, for some banter. That's just the way that it happens. Yeah. We're not put together to have have answers. Otherwise, we'd all be hermits in our our bedroom. We're not hermits. We're social beings and that's the way we get our realisations. Step three will come from being a social, a social beast, a human. So it's kind of like you're saying, okay, you know, I often say stay in the question, what is going on? What is this about? What, what's happening in my life that I'm not happy with? And then and if nothing comes, if you're like, but you're saying usually people, people are cluey, they know. So, okay, and then you stay present to that. But then maybe... The next way that it shows it shows up in your life is that you you know you you see a friend and you speak and then she shares how deeply unhappy she is with what's going on for her and and then you realise that's I'm really feeling emotional on that because that's resonating with me and maybe that's pointing to also what may be happening you know for you so mm. it will the answers answers always show up in our life in so many different ways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. okay so, so three steps. Three steps. I love that. Okay. First now, step is to recover it again. Yeah. Um, first step is um, don't worry, don't panic. Everything's okay. Yeah. Second step is um, where is it painful right now? Where else is it uncomfortable in my body right now? No. Mm-hmm. Second step is where is it painful right now? Retrace your steps. Where did mm-hmm. that injury occur? And then- Most people... We'll stop there. Okay. The um, third step is where else am I feeling uncomfortable right now in my body, apart from my sore back? Okay. And then going into that, mm. what's uncomfortable? Where do I feel that's come from? Two things that pop up, three things that pop up straight away. Um, entertain them, write them down so you don't forget them. Um, and then let it be. You don't have to focus on them. You don't have to get really... Um, investigative and, and start breaking this down unless you really want to straight away. But even just having them in your mind of, oh, yeah, I might have to start re-looking at, at jobs again or I'm going to have a, have a conversation at work again and, and just see how I can get that strategy across a bit clearer. Just the entertaining of, of, of step three is enough to reach them so that threshold where you're going to have a transformation. 
So those three steps mm -hmm. is, I think that is, that's a tech, that's a technique. That's okay. definitely a technique. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think supplementing that technique with a few simple things, mm -hmm. um, just catching yourself with your breath, understanding, just feeling where your, where your breath is at. Mm -hmm. Are you holding your breath? Are you releasing your breath? Is your inhale longer than your exhale? Is your exhale longer than your inhale? Mm -hmm. Just being observant of what's going on there. Mm -hmm. If you want to bring it to some sort of regularity, um, and if you want to calm yourself down, the exhale tends to be longer than the inhale. If you want to get yourself worked up and get excited about something, bring your inhale longer than your exhale. Mm -hmm. It'll oxygenate yourself a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, but again, a breathing technique like that, using that in combination with those three steps, not a lot will happen if it's just a technique. Okay. If it's just awareness with my breath and feeling my <laughs> surroundings, that will create ground, groundedness, but it won't particularly um, deal with the, the pain at the time. Possibly it will, but it may not address the person who can't walk in the door with, with back pain. Mm -hmm. um, and it may not necessarily address step two or step three of that process. Mm -hmm. But certainly being aware of the breath is, is really important. Um, another one is, and I don't often hear you talking about it, Susie, is grounding yourself, just getting outside and just sitting down, getting in contact with, with something that's natural, mm. dirt, grass, tree, anything that's got some sort of connection with dirt because that will allow the excited electrons in our body. If we've got an excess of excited electrons, that can create inflammation. Those excited mm. electrons can discharge themselves somehow. Um, just like a grounding wire with electricity, it'll ground itself back to earth. So, so true, going yeah. for a swim, um, being in nature of some sort. Yeah. Um, if you don't have that available in your office, bring up a picture of a beautiful landscape if, that you'd love to be in. Bring landscape up, allow yourself to drift off into that, into some sort of daydream. Mm. But daydream is also an, a nice one to um, break yourself out of your internal manifested reality. Pain, we all, all experience pain. Um, no one is immune to, to feeling pain. Um, it's a healthy and natural part of life. Mm. It's not very comfortable. It feels bloody awful. Uh, if, it's not dealt, if it's dealt with only physically, it tends to recur. Mm. If it's dealt physically and then on other levels, emotionally and spiritually um, and socially and humanly, it doesn't tend to recur anymore. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? That's the key. Um, thank you. Thank, thank you for your time. Thanks for joining me today on Empowered Conversations. Subscribe to the show now and then head over to my Facebook page, Susie Petrozzi, for free personal growth and self-discovery tools that you can use today to be present, be powerful and be on purpose. See you next time for Empowered Conversations.